Today's first reading is taken from Acts chapter 1 verses 6 to 14. This can be found on page number 1092 of the Church Bible. It's Acts chapter 1 verses 6 to 14. Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud of cloud hid him from the sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Matthias chosen to replace Judas. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bethlehemia and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Salat, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, please stand as Gloria brings us our gospel reading. Today's gospel reading is taken from John chapter 17, verse 1 to 11, and can be found on page 1085 of the Church Bibles. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those who have given, you have given him. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, 
and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. So, oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you can hear me then. <laughs> Last week, um, we had Andrew Corsi come to talk to us about the passage um, a few chapters back um, than the one we've just had read to us in chapter 14. And I want us to to hold some of what Andrew was saying as we kind of travel um, the story uh, that we've traveled both as a nation um, and uh, in the Christian story this week. Those things have come together in a very particular way. The passage in John 17 is quite complicated, um, so if you do want to follow some of what I'm saying, it might be useful to, to you to have it open. So it's on page 1085 um, in the New Testament. So for those of you who weren't here and for those of you who were a reminder, um, Andrew last week challenged us to think um, a couple of things. He left us with a few questions. One of the things that he challenged us uh, was about whether we feel uh, it's easier, if, we, if we're honest, to think about God being for us, doing things for us, uh, rather than the God who is with us, alongside us, as we partner and work together with God. He drew on the two names uh, which the baby is given uh, in the nativity, Jesus, whose name means saving us from our sins. So Jesus came to do something for us. Um, but the name that is lesser used, perhaps, that of Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. And he spoke about this gift of the paraclete. Uh, the Greek word is parakletos, and uh, it can be translated as different Things in our translation, it's, it's uh, it translated as advocate. Uh, this is the one it says in John 14, who is going to be with us. And Andrew asked us to go away and think about these two questions. Firstly, what is the Holy Spirit or the paraclete to us at the moment? There are different ways of, you know, that word means so much. It's quite a rich word and it can mean encourager or strengthener uh, or advocate, the one who stands alongside. And then Andrew asked us to ponder 
what that means for us as a community together. How is St. Michael's a paraclete to our wider community, being with them uh, rather than doing just doing stuff for them, actually really knowing our community? Being with is a powerful act. It means standing alongside and strengthening their arm, doing the hard job of really understanding someone, understanding what makes them tick, what's important to them, the things that affect their life, uh, knowing something about their situation beyond that surface level that often is how far we get. So that's what Andrew was talking to us about on Sunday. And then Monday happened. And we had the bombing in Manchester. And suddenly this image is perhaps more pertinent or certainly becomes more heartfelt than thinking in our heads, oh yes, that's, that sounds like a, a good thing, I understand that. Suddenly, we're hit with this image and it becomes even more strengthened. So many people went to be with the people of Manchester, literally and physically. And those of us who weren't able to go I'm sure, felt with them. Uh, there are some, you know, stories, for example, the, you know, the cabbies of Liverpool who got uh, in their cabs and travelled straight away. Uh, if you know anything about football and the long-standing sort of animosity between these two cities, you'll know how amazing that is. They went to do something for them, to, to take people um, to hospitals, give them, you know, for free. Um, but they went to be with them. Uh, or there's the stories of the Muslims who traveled to stand uh, with the people of Manchester and to say by their very presence that this act was not done in the name of Islam, just as we would say that the murder of Joe Cox was not done in the name of Christianity. And so they went <clears throat> to stand with them. Um, and then there was the Queen. Um, and so often I find when, uh, you know, I really, uh, I, I like the Queen, um, but sometimes in public engagements, you know, she's a little bit distant and you can see she's going on to the next person and she has to, um, you know, go along a line of people. But I think her humanity shone through in the stories that we saw of her visiting the injured in hospital. And there are many more stories the power of being with. So that was Monday. And then during this week, 
the Christian church has celebrated the event of the ascension, which we heard about in our Acts reading this morning. Ascension tells us of Jesus ascending to heaven to sit at the right hand of God. And there's lots of things about the ascension that are worth saying. It indicates that Jesus is glorified, that Jesus is king. Importantly, that the ascended Jesus still bears the wounds of the crucifixion. Those things that shape us uh, become glorified, even those wounds. But there is also this idea that what it is indicating is that there is a fundamental link between heaven, that place where God uh, is, wherever that is. There's a fundamental link between heaven and earth. The words that we pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Take shape in a new way with the ascension story. The gap between heaven and earth is lessened and sometimes we can say that we can see heaven on earth. It can feel dissonant to say something like that when we have seen the horrors of this week. It can seem offensive, a scandal. But this is the truth and the challenge for this week as part of the story. That as Jesus ascends to heaven, he leaves that promise of the Holy Spirit. And we wait in the ascension story between now and Pentecost with the burgeoning idea that God has chosen us to be the vehicle through which that connection of heaven and earth is ratified, is validated. We are the ones who are given the responsibility of being the hands and feet of Jesus and bringing heaven to earth in real and concrete ways for people being with them. We are the ones who are to partner with God and to work for this to be a reality, even when such terrible things go on around us. It's daunting, perhaps. I want to read you a poem. There's a couple of poems this morning. You can look forward to this. Uh, This poem does have a swear word in it, which I'm going to take out um, because there are some here who are under 18. Um, But sometimes, actually, a swear word is needed in times like this. So I I wouldn't balk at saying it if you were all adults here. 
um, it'll kind of become obvious where I've missed it out. This poem is called Good Bones. And it's about the reality of the world and how we have a choice uh, to be overwhelmed by the terrible things or to see potential beauty. Life is short, though I keep this from my children. Life is short and I've shortened mine in a thousand delicious ill-advised ways. A thousand deliciously ill-advised ways I'll keep from my children. The world is at least 50% terrible. And that's a conservative estimate. Though I keep this from my children. For every bird, there is a stone thrown at a bird. For every loved child... A child broken, bagged, sunk in a lake. Life is short, and the world is at least half terrible. And for every kind stranger, there is one who would break you, though I keep this from my children. I am trying to sell them the world. Any decent realtor walking you through a real hole, chirps on about good bones. This place could be beautiful, right? You could make this place beautiful. This world is at least 50% terrible, and that is a conservative estimate. But this world has good bones. And you can make this place beautiful. It is daunting, but that is what this part of the Easter story is about. The paraclete is promised to us, as we heard last week, to be with us in John 14. And this morning, we have in John 17, Jesus saying that all he has is the Father's, and all the Father has is his. And in verse 5, he says, So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. And then in verse 10, talking to his disciples about his disciples, he says, and I have been glorified in them. So in verse 5, he's saying, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. And in verse 10, talking about his disciples, he says, and I have been glorified in them. The glory of Jesus is us. We are the glory of God. Now, I don't say that uh, as St. Paul says, 
so that we think of ourselves more highly than we ought to, but to say that this is what Jesus says about us. And it's in the context of this part of the story, the promise of the paraclete, the ascension. And today with our heads turned towards Pentecost, which is coming. And Jesus says to the father in verse four, I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. That's verse 4. In verse 5, he asks to be glorified. In verse 10, he says, I've been glorified already in my disciples. We have work to do. We have work to finish. Each day is a choice. There's no neutral day that you leave unmarked by your presence. Every day is a choice to make the world a little bit more terrible or a little bit more beautiful. But we are not alone in this endeavor. Firstly, Jesus gives us one another. We belong to each other. Verse 11 says, we are to be one. We are to be with one another. We are glorified in this belonging. And we glorify God in being united with one another. But we can only be one because of what is coming next. Jesus ascends to heaven and promises in that Acts reading, verse 8, chapter 1, verse 8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The presence of the paraclete, God the Holy Spirit, in each of us, connects us with one another. And we are brought up together into the life of God, one with God and one with each other. And it's this reality, the reality of Pentecost, to which we are looking forward, that we glorify God. We are to finish the work that is to be done. Bringing heaven to earth in the power of the ascended, wounded, and glorified Jesus. Who is with us by his spirit. How we do that, what that looks like. Well, that's next week's sermon. Uh, But for now, I leave you with a whetted appetite. I'm going to read you another poem. It's an Ascension sonnet. Uh, And then we're going to watch uh, a video. It's a song which uh, I think uh, 
ties in this idea of us partnering with God uh, to bring heaven to earth. So the poem. We saw his light break through the cloud of glory whilst we were rooted still in time and place as earth became a part of heaven's story and heaven opened to his human face. We saw him go and yet we were not parted. He took us with him to the heart of things. The heart that broke for all the broken hearted is whole and heaven centered now and sings. Sings in the strength that rises out of weakness. Sings through the clouds that veil him from our sight. Whilst we ourselves become his clouds of witness and sing the waning darkness into light. His light in us and ours in him concealed, which all creation waits to see revealed. Amen.
Lord, we cry out to you. Change the atmosphere. Breathe new life and all who gather. 